Hello, you are listening to NPE Stories. This is a podcast where NPEs can share their story. I am your host, Lily, and I found out I was an NPE through an ancestry DNA test that changed my life forever. NPE is a term that stands for not parent expected or non-paternal event. This means that one or more of our parents are not who we believe them to be. NPE Stories is a podcast where NPEs can share their story of what their original family was like, how they found out they were an NPE, and what their journey has been like since the day they found out. Welcome to episode 99. My next episode will be episode 100. I will be doing a slightly different format next episode, just to kind of honor how many episodes I've done and how many MPEs have come on and shared their story, I decided to have on Richard and Michelle, two previous guests, and they were just, we just decided to talk a little bit and talk about paternity fraud and birth certificates and and just share some of our opinions and feelings, and we recorded it. So next episode will be a little different than the typical NPE story that you're used to. And I wanted to give a shout out to uh, the Facebook support groups for NPEs. There are a few of them that have been very helpful to me, especially this last week. I gave, uh, I actually finally posted in one. I posted in this MPE life. I'm normally a, a lurker. I guess you would say. I just read (laughs) and comment. But this time I decided to post because I'd had a pretty terrible text message on my birthday from an estranged family member. And it was really hurtful. And I posted about it. And I was overwhelmed with empathy and compassion from other NPEs. I mean, 40 or 50 comments Um, on my birthday that completely made me feel supported and understood. So thank you to people that participate in the NPE Facebook groups, um, especially when you are empathetic and compassionate. It just, it really means the world to NPEs when they are, when they're hurting. So this podcast, we listen to NPE stories and... Today, we are speaking with Anne. Hi, Anne. Hi, Lily. Anne, we have been corresponding since 2020, and it's 2021. For like- I know. <laughs> it's crazy. It, I think it took you a little while before you actually wanted your name on the list for actually sharing your story. Is that, yeah. is that true? Yeah, I just needed some time, and uh, although I still felt like I wanted to share, I just wasn't ready, so um, I had to get to a place where I was. Completely understandable. And you also needed some DNA confirmation, it looks like, too. Yeah, that too. I need to hear updates. I need to hear your full story, actually, today. (laughs) So... We're going to have you start from the beginning and tell us what your original family was like. 
Um, okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, this has just been a, a tremendously helpful platform and I just never miss an episode. And I, it has helped me so long, uh, you know, so much during this whole time. It's, I can't even tell you how much, and it's actually helped me find, uh, find some answers that I didn't, wasn't expecting to find. So, um, with that said, I guess I will just start, you know, at the beginning. I um, I was an only child. I grew up, uh, I was born in the late 70s, uh, August of 78, um, in the western suburbs of Chicago. So we were um, kind of, um, I don't know, you wouldn't say typical, but, you know, we, we lived in a town that was you know, known for, you know, being an awesome place to raise kids. And it was just an amazing childhood. I did have an amazing childhood. Um, Both of my parents, uh, they were kind of hippies. It was the late 70s. (laughs) They liked to party. Um, They, but they were, they were, by the time I came along, I was, they were stable enough and I had a very stable for the most part, a stable childhood. And, um, so my, because I was only a child, I didn't have any brothers or sisters. Um, uh, it, both my parents, um, I think wanted to have more kids. Um, and that kind of, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but I feel like who my parents were kind of speaks to how the, my story kind of happened. Um, I, my mom um, was in her, uh, I guess, mid to late 20s when she had me. My dad was 31, uh, so neither of them were young, but they were still a big partiers. They still liked to, you know, they had lots of friends. They were very fun people. Um, my mom's family, she was one of four. Uh, from a neighboring town from where I was uh, raised and a very um, nice family, uh, you know, good Christian family, uh, hard workers, more of a typical like working class family. Whereas my dad kind of came from a more upper middle class family in the same town I grew up in. And uh, he was the second oldest of seven. Uh, he he was, uh, this, they always said he was the smartest of all of the kids. My grandparents always used to say, um, and then my grandparents are my grandparents. My biological father is not my dad. I will refer to my actual first certificate father as my dad because he's my dad still. So. Um, my dad was raised kind of authoritarian, like my grandfather was in the military and raised all of his kids. They were, uh, very strict, uh, for the most part, um, and, uh, raised Catholic. So there was a lot of rules and that kind of thing. And my dad did not take to rules very well, but, um, so he, my dad graduated, from high school, uh, where he was, he was very smart, did well. He was an Eagle Scout. He, uh, did, you know, chess club. 
went away to college for a semester and did not like it and then joined the Marines. So my dad went to the Marines, um, did not like it. He never liked to talk about it, um, but he did four years at the Marines and um, he came out and he decided not to go back to college and he took a civil service job with the postal service. So he was a mailman, which I think drove my grandparents crazy because they thought he could be more. Um, but he was happy and that's all that mattered to him. He did not want to be a slave to his work, I guess. Um, so my mom, she graduated, uh, it was about 1970 or so. She graduated high school, went to, um, beauty school, was a hairdresser and pretty much they both just partied and it was the seventies. So they both, um, they didn't know each other. They went to, they were grew up in separate towns. The story I heard growing up was that they met at a popular, I guess, bar, um, restaurant in the Western suburbs. And, um, it was about, I want to say, I think I figured it out that it's roughly in the middle of 1977. Um, I was born in August of 78, uh, so I'm not quite sure when they actually met, but they um, they met, and my mom did not like my dad. My dad, was, he was very loud and very opinionated, um, and he, apparently the story I was always told, he pursued my mom repeatedly, and my mom did not particularly like him at all, so he tried, 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 um, and then finally... He he didn't know what kind of car she drove, I guess, and went to her work where he knew he found out where she worked and went to her work. They wouldn't tell her tell him where she lived, but they did say what street she lived on. And it was a particular street in Aurora. Um actually, yeah, the one of the neighboring towns. And he drove up and down the street looking for her, looking for a car, and found her and delivered her favorite three yellow roses and uh she said if he went through all this work to find me and to go out with me he can't be that bad and the yellow roses were his favorite her favorite flower so um and that was that the rest was history so um my my because they were such partiers i i kind of feel like i should go back and say that um you know my mom and dad both were kind of black sheep in their family, both of them. So not, nobody else in my mom's family drank and partied except for her dad, my grandfather. And he, um, he had, I don't know how long it ha how long it was, if it was later in his life or if it was just when, um, I could remember, but he, he got to be a, a pretty violent alcoholic. Um, and I, I don't know if my mom was still in the house when that kind of that was going on, but, um, I think that kind of is why the others in the family didn't, they kind of stayed away from alcohol and stuff, but my mom did not. So, um, but my dad kind of was the black sheep of his family in that he, you know, his family was a little conservative and, uh, you know, value, they, their values just didn't line up sometimes, um, even politically. So I don't think he spent a lot of time in those days with his family. Um, I do have letters and stuff like that 
And I know that he, he had respect for everybody in his family. He loved his family, but he was not particularly close to them. Um, except for a few people, maybe. Um, so I guess, um, I guess if we're kind of getting up to the point where, uh, I came along, um, my mom found out she was expecting in, um, I believe it was December of 77. And she and my dad, my dad said he just did the right thing. Um, they were not already engaged. So he said, okay, well, we'll just get married and that, that'll be it. Well, they didn't tell my grandfather that she was already pregnant, but just said that they were getting married somewhat quickly. They got married the following March. And um, that was, uh, there was a story with that. And my grandfather found out that she was expecting the day of their wedding. Uh, so there was some hoopla where he, you know, had a uh, an episode. Uh, he had gotten drunk and almost didn't make it down the aisle. It was just my mom did not have it easy and mm. nobody in the family really did, but it was just, I can only imagine the shame she was carrying around with her. And um, yeah, I just, I feel really bad that she had to go through all that, but my dad was around. They, she, they got married. Uh, my mom then adored my dad. He saved her pretty much. He, he was in a place, um, in a good place himself. He had, was going to AA, I guess, and um, he he was stable financially, so he paid off all of her bills. And he moved. She moved in with him, and um, then I was born the following August, um, and I was just adored. I was, I was, I was spoiled. I was spoiled rotten. I was an only child, so. Um, I was the first grandchild on my dad's side. Um, at that point, my grandparents still lived actually in the same town that I grew up in. Um, and my mom's side, I was, even though my grandfather had his issues, uh, my mom was still very close to her family. And um, I was the first grandchild on that side. So everybody was just ecstatic when I was, when I came along. And mm. um, it, my childhood was, I mean, I couldn't, I can't say any, I can't say it enough. Like they, my family was amazing on both sides. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have some amazing memories and I just cherish them so much. Um, sorry, I'm already getting teared up. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, my parents moved, they found a place, um, they moved when I was about um, about two or so into what would be like my first childhood home, um, and it was kind of a duplex kind of a thing where we lived. There was some rent, like people rented the downstairs. We lived upstairs, um, and it was like right downtown in the town that we lived in. And my dad was a mailman, and my mom was still a hairdresser, and she still worked part time, even though my dad didn't really like that so much. Uh, my mom was kind of independent, so she wanted to continue working. So, but they happened to, they found so, this place that was on the same block and I'm not joking. It was on the same block as the post office and the hair salon that my mom worked at. Mm-hmm. So like you, 
it was just so it was great, you know. And my school was a couple of blocks away, um, so it was it was kind of neat. Even though my it's not like my parents had long commutes or anything, but the town that I lived in was kind of one of those commuter town. It was it's west of Chicago, right? It's like off the train, and most people were living in this town or moving into this town were kind of more, um, I guess, more traditional families like where they their parents you know would work downtown or their dad would work downtown mom stayed home a lot of soccer moms kind of that thing um in the early 80s especially um it was growing big time so there was a lot of changes there's a lot of um stuff happening like there's we got um new developments and that kind of thing so it was just an exciting place to be to grow up there was there's always something to do. There was always holidays and people around and friends and family. So my dad had a big network of friends with the post office. Um, my mom had a lot of friends still uh, that she worked with and she, outside of work. So we spent a lot of time, you know, with my parents' friends. Uh, she, my mom would cut friends' hair. Like she would go to their friend's house and do their hair for them on the side. And so there's a lot of time that I spent just kind of tagging along and, uh, but I loved it. I just, um, I, my parents, friends, children were my babysitters and they used to take me to church and they both worked, both my parents worked weekends. So I spent a lot of time with either a babysitter or I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, my mom's parents. Um, and because my grandfather, had his issues. I actually had an uncle who was kind enough to, he were, he lived out of state and kept a condo um, in the town that my grandma lived in to go to if my grandfather had a bad night or he, he started drinking again or something. And, um, and I only saw it like, a couple of times I happened to be there when stuff started happening. So, um, you know, and I was, so I was always kind of afraid of my grandfather, but my grandma and my uncles, my mom's two brothers that were still at home at the time, they were like brothers to me. We spent so much time together. They had a really cool, um, like concession business. So we spent a lot of time at fun fairs and festivals and county fairs. Um, it was just great. It was, we had just an amazing time, um, up till like, I want to say until like about end of the 19, I was about maybe nine or 10. And my grandfather then passed away kind of quickly. Everything was still, my parents still were as happy as can be. Um, my mom still just adored my dad. We moved, I, believe, I think it was about the same time my parents had to move. We went, my parents actually finally bought a house, which was a big deal for them. Um, and we stayed, we just moved up the block, maybe three, uh, three or four blocks. And I had a friend, um, during this time too, I had, um, a friend that had moved in downstairs and we shared a backyard. Um, so she had to move too. Um, and because she lived downstairs at the same time. So she moved, but it was only a couple blocks away. And I only say this because this is how I, um, I actually, that because of her, my friend that lived in the same house, uh, was the reason why I met my husband. 
and our parents became really good friends. And uh, so I started spending a lot of time with her about, I would actually say it was before we moved. So maybe when I was like maybe six or seven or something. Um, but so it was, I was an only child, but I had her and I had, um, and her cousin was actually, came to be my husband actually. Um, at the time I wanted nothing to do with him, but we were still Mm -hmm. all, we were all only children and we all, you know, spent a lot of time together. And so we didn't feel like only children we felt like we had each other and it was kind of neat. This was about the time where everything started to change. Um, my we moved in the new house. I was becoming more of a teen. I was, you know, spending more time with my friends, my activities. Uh, both my parents were great. They were always supportive of me and would attend um, events and games and you know, performances and that kind of thing. It was like maybe um, 1994. So I was about 14, 15 years old. And when I when things started to change in my house. Um, my mom had changed careers and was doing really well for herself. I was older, so she was working more. Um, and I think that bothered my dad. Um, I think he liked being the provider and he liked, um, you know, he, he just liked being the one that was the breadwinner, I guess. And he actually took on a second job about this time. He, uh, cause it was the big computer boom. Um, we, I never needed for anything. Uh, we didn't, we weren't rich, we weren't wealthy, but we, I had everything I ever needed. Um, I I maybe didn't have the name brand clothes everybody else had in middle school, but, or high school, but I never needed for anything. But at this time, my dad took a second job just to buy me a computer. Um, so he didn't have to, you know, rack on more debt and stuff. And I think he honestly just wanted to um, he just liked, he was a hard worker and he just, um, he knew how important it was for me to have a computer, whatever. About the same time, um, my mom started, uh, spending more time with some friends at work and, uh, my dad, uh, I don't, my dad started just, I don't know, just spending more time at the bar. He just wasn't home. Uh, he, he took all of us to, on a trip. I remember it was, it was very, um, I don't remember why we took the trip. Um, but it was, it was, it was strange because he actually invited my future, what would be my future husband. We weren't even dating at the time, but he paid for him to go because, um, he actually, grew up without a father and so he from time to time would help him out and um wanted to uh bring him around more I don't know if he was trying to encourage us to get together I don't know what it was but Mm. it was kind of weird um but we went on a trip and we met up we went with some friends and met up with some other family out west Um, we went to see the Cubs play Uh, my parents are big sports fans uh, my dad in particular, and um, and I should probably interject here because um, something I kind of underplay a little bit is, you know, I I never felt out of place or I never felt like anything was different about me. I, I looked like my mom so much that it never 
occur to it would never have occurred to me to wonder or think that anything was up with my my dad. Um, he, you know, he had curly hair. I had he had black hair. I had blonde hair. Um, I had wavy enough hair that I looked it looked enough like his, you know, his family, and to to kind of just assume that I just looked like my mom. And but we meshed well. My my dad and I we we didn't mesh well. He was a little critical of things sometimes, but we bonded over sports. He taught me about football at a young age. He taught me about um, baseball. He, he would. You know, on Saturdays and Sundays, he'd sit there and tell me about the different plays and that kind of thing. And um, he would take me fishing. Um, it was up until this point, he was just awesome. You know, he was just so great. Um, he was not the, like the lovey-dovey type, you know, that is going to always come up and give you a hug. Or um, That was my relationship with my mom. I was very close to my mom in that way. Um, but and we were both kind of sensitive and sentimental both my mom and I so he would um have an issue with that sometimes because we I don't know he couldn't handle that um sometimes when we were both I don't know if you wouldn't say sensitive or emotional or whatever but mm. for the most part everything we did we had I had a great time up until that point so that trip I felt like it was like a turning point um because up till the, it was about then that both of my parents stopped coming around as much and I was older. And then the year after that, um, it was Memorial Day weekend of 1995. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. Um, my mom was we're preparing for a big party. Um, we're having a Memorial Day party that they had like to have. And my dad was out fishing. He would do that a lot to try to get out of her hair if there's something going on. And so that day, um, then, um, I was cleaning, getting ready and we got a phone call from a local hospital and they said that they had, uh, my dad there and that he had been in a boating accident and that it was serious. And, um, so we flew down to the hospital and it turned out my dad had drowned, um, that day, um. Oh, and um, he was what well, we thought he had just had just had a heart attack or something. Um, he was a little overweight at the time, but come to find out that, um, and this is all in one day that all this was discovered that he um, he was um, he had. Sorry, I might have to take a break here. No problem. It's really hard to talk about this. Um, so he, um, basically the story was that he, uh, he was uh, putting his boat in, uh, there, the fishing, uh, club that he belonged to. He was putting his boat in the water, and uh, it was windy, and it drifted away from the shore, and he supposedly swam after the boat because um, there was nobody around to help him, I guess. And um, it was hypothermia, uh, and he basically drowned um, that way. Oh. Um, so he did not know that at the time. We just assumed it was a heart attack. 
And um, uh, my mom and I were just devastated, obviously. And um, this was, I was a junior in high school and it was right before, um, you know, finals. And um, and my husband at the, my, my now husband, it was my boyfriend at the time. And I, he was there with me. He was there in that hospital room when they came out and said that he's gone. We had to identify him, you know, that kind of stuff. It was just awful. And um, so a couple hours, we, you know, we're dealing, reeling with this, um, but thinking we're going to have a party, but instead we're, you know, my, my dad's just gone. And, um, and it dawns on us, we're like, where his, uh, his car and his boat is. Nobody knew where it was. And um, it just appeared in front of our house uh, a few hours later. Um, and with a note and so they um whoever it was that dropped it off did not come to the door they just left a note on the car and so my mom read it and it turned out she he had been like it was uh, another woman he had been seeing and he was fishing with her that day that my mom had no idea i had no idea and um she was sorry um there was a phone call i think um from a friend of the other, this other woman and um, just to kind of tell her what had been going on. You know, some woman that had was, uh, he was helping uh, get straight from drugs or something. Uh, and also in one day, my mom lost my dad, her marriage. Um, and I lost, you know, everything. Um, and we had uh, so the toxicology, all that stuff. Um, we met with the co- the uh, the county coroner, and he told us that actually my dad had um, two kidney or two uh, tumors actually. So, but they did not cause the drowning. It was from hypothermia, is what they said. It was not a heart attack. So, on top of that, we found out that my dad was uh, seriously ill, and the only person that really knew was this other woman that he had been spending a lot of time with. And um, so we don't know um, at this point, I have no idea if uh, I, I know he knew he was sick, um, but it was just the timing of it was just so weird. Um, so uh, you know, it was hard. It was a hard time. My, it was a very difficult time. Um, my mom just kind of went off the deep end. Uh, she just, she was partying and I was in my, it was in my junior or senior year of high school. Um, thank God I had ju- my husband. He was just amazing. He was right there. He was uh, very supportive, very, um, just, he was amazing. So, um, but you know, my mom, I, I remember going to my, my dad's funeral and he was a really well-known, a well-known guy around town. So there was, he was so young. He was only 48 when this happened, but nobody knew the circumstances. Obviously this is a very personal thing. Um, but you know, I stood at the at, next to his casket and there was a line out the door at the funeral home. And I just remember, and this it sounds, it'll sound terrible, but, uh, I remember person after person coming up and telling me that I had to be strong for my mom. I had to be strong for my mom. Not, and I was, barely 16 years old. I like, I don't, I, at the time it didn't occur to me, but now I was like, who was going to be there for me? You know, <laughs> like I, it, it was just, I just dealt with it. I, I just happened to be just a little bit stronger than my mom. And I was able to, 
keep going. And we kind of, now I know it's like we kind of canonized my dad. Even even though all that happened, you know, he still, it, it didn't, I understood why even then at 16 that he did what he did. It was weird. But my mom is heartbroken, just heartbroken. And she, there's, um, you know, times where I was picking her up from bars, you know, she smoked something laced or she couldn't, she didn't know where she was. And I was just in high school. So there was a lot of that going on. And I went away to college and um, that only lasted a semester. I partied my way out of college too. Um, But just like three years after my dad died, then I found out um, I was kind of off and on with my boyfriend at the time who became my husband. Um, My mom just was flailing out of control. But um, me going to college and coming home, um, even though I ha- had to come home for a bad reason, actually turned out to be good because it helped my mom. And then I actually, I found out that I was expecting um, at 19. Um, and she, I feel, I ended up, um, my husband, uh, his dad and I ended up getting married about a year or two after I had my oldest son. Um, and he, that little boy saved us. I cannot even tell you. Um, it was just so great. But when I found out I was pregnant with him, I remember this conversation with my mom at this time. And, uh, she was a little nerve wracked because I was, I was very young, obviously. Um, but she had this conversation with me about, you know, how she had, um, wanted more children when she was young. Uh, younger, she had uh, lost a lot of weight, and um, my mom had it was some weight issues. So she was, you know, health, she said that she had gotten super healthy and was going to doctors and trying to have more kids. And she, at this point in my life, I don't, I don't know why she picked this point to tell me this, but um, so I actually kind of remember maybe going to doctor's appointments with her. And she said, you know, I just, um, I felt like I was too young when I had you. So um, I I really did want to have another child later on, but I just couldn't. Doctor said there was nothing wrong with me, uh, but your dad um, refused to be tested. So I said, okay. Uh, And then she made it seem like she had been pregnant before and that she didn't know where the father was. And she was a little mysterious about what happened with this child. I don't know. She, I, I asked her if she had gotten an abortion or what had happened. And I don't remember um, exactly what she said, but I do remember her basically alluding to the fact that she made it seem like she had an abortion or that it was gone or whatever. She gave it up for adoption or something. So I thought, oh my gosh, mom, I could have had a brother or sister. <laughs> That's of course the selfish part of me. I was like, I could have had a brother or sister. What are you talking about? She's like, yeah, but you don't understand. I was full of, you know, I hated myself. I didn't know who the father was. At least, you know, you have, you have, you know, your boyfriend and we'll call him Jason. And he, he's going to be good for you. He's going to, you know, take care of you. He's there for you. And, um, and now you have a family, you know, and so she, I don't know at that time, it didn't occur to me that she was trying to tell me something. Uh, but 
you know, I was so distracted by the fact that I was 19 and pregnant that it didn't really, you know, it didn't occur to me to mm-hmm. think about that. I spent my younger years. I, we, we did just start our family. Then we'd got married, uh, two more kids. Um, I started back at school, college, um, took me eight years, but I eventually got my, um, got my associate's degree and then my bachelor's degree. So I was working, um, taking care of my kids. Um, and my mom, uh, she was a great grandma. She was amazing. She, um, just, it was a nice distraction. Um, however, she did start having health problems after she already started. She had a heart attack. I believe it was about a year after my dad had passed. Um, I think I was not even at college yet, but um, she'd already started having health problems is what the point was. And um, so we, as a family, decided uh, to move in together and we moved uh, about 15, 20 miles west to um, a a different suburb and uh, moved in. We moved in one big house together and Within a year, I think it was about a year or so, we were there, and um, it was 2000. At this point, I had three kids. Um, 2006, 2007 or so, um, you know, my mom had a second heart attack, and this one was really bad. And so I was helping take care of her. Still never said anything about, you know, you know, my dad or my family, my family was around. I was very, still very close to my mom's side. When I was, um, I should say too, that my dad's family actually, uh, growing up, I was close to them too. Um, but my grandparents moved out of state when I was about five or six. So I didn't really see them much. Um, but we would, would go and visit sometimes and I would, uh, we'd get together with my dad's brothers and sister, uh, mostly his brothers that were in the area. I had some cousins that I spent time with. So um, I was still relatively close to them. But by this time, I had cousins on both sides of the family. Um, and um, still just, you know, everybody was real supportive. And, you know, they did their best to be there for my mom and I uh, after dad dying. Um, but it was still, nobody talked about anything. Um and that's, I, I bring it up now because I feel like it was all this time passed and all this stuff happened and I never talked about it with anybody. I never went to therapy. I never like this crazy stuff happened and I just was surviving. Um, so then, you know, I, and I was just kind of figuring stuff out. Um, my husband and I were having some issues. So the same year my husband and I separated, um, my mom then had a massive heart attack and died. And um, then it was just me with the kids. So um, that was roughly 2007, six, seven. So here I was, I was still not quite done with my bachelor's degree. Um, I was working, trying to take care of the kids. Um, it was just a crazy time. So I'd already kind of mentally was like, okay, enough is enough already. Um, but I actually got a really uh, great job. I finished my degree. Finally, I had a lot of support from my friends um, helping me. And uh, actually, a couple of years later, then my husband and I actually got back together. 
Um, and it was the best decision we ever made. Um, we got remarried and we had our reunion baby. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't all bad. So, but I had, you know, young kids, right? So, and I was dealing with my mom, reeling from losing my mom. I was not even, I was not even 30 um, when either one of them, when I had both of them. So I felt very alone, but yet, um, you know, I had my family. I was distracted by all that. Uh, fast forward a little bit. My kids were older. Um, I turned 40. And uh, I feel like <laughs> it was a strange time because my kids were were a little bit older. And um, I started, like, having more and more anxiety and stuff, some issues. So I started, I, I was, you know, trying to take care of myself at this point. Like, I'd never seen a therapist about anything that had happened. Um, there's some trust issues. And so I, I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to go and talk to somebody about some of the stuff that has happened, um, which was, you know, all in all, it was great. But she was the, trying to figure out what I was interested in. And I, I was a very young mom, so I didn't even have a chance to figure out who I was as a person. And here I was at 40 trying to figure that out. Um, and I was kind of hitting my stride with my career and doing well. And uh, things were good with my husband. So, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years uh, after going some some therapy. Uh, my We were visiting, I just found visiting um, one of my mom's uh, brothers. And his wife was talk, talking to me about his, uh, I, I guess it would have been my aunt that was talking to me. Um, about how she had done this ancestry DNA test and just to confirm some of the genealogy stuff she did. And I had, you know, never really gotten into it before, but I was kind of looking for, you know, here I was doing some self-exploration trying to figure out what I like to do, what, you know, what I enjoyed to do, you know, enjoy doing outside of just being a mom and a student and, a, and an employee, you know, I didn't really have any anything else. So I thought that's kind of interesting. So I started working on my family trees, especially with my, my mom gone and my dad gone and the kids were, um, one of them had a project at school, like a lot of people do. And I knew a little bit about my mom's side. Um, I was still my, my, actually my mom's mom was still around. Um, she, she, um, she and I were really close. And even after my mom died, uh, we spent a lot of time together. And so that kind of what was like, you know, pushing me to try to remember some of these things that, uh, I was told or, um, you know, just family stories and interesting things that, um, that, you know, was shared by my grandma or my mom or something. And my grandma passed away. Um, I especially felt the need to put things, write things down or to figure out who, where we're from and, you know, for my kids, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I got into ancestry, built a family tree on both sides of my family. And I remember talking to, I called, um, my, my dad's parents were still around. Actually, they're still alive, um, at the time. And I said to my, oh, my, my grandfather had actually passed away at this time, but, um, I was talking to my grandma on the phone and I said, grandma, I'm, I've gotten, this is my dad's mom. I said, I got into genealogy, you know, that's a, kind of a new thing I got into. I'm like, do you have any, you know, 
do you have anything that you could, that would help me? And she kind of, it kind of struck me. She kind of laughed or like kind of a nervous giggle almost. And she said, um, Oh, that's interesting. You know, kind of, she just pushed it off. I said, okay, that's fine. So I just went back to ancestry and did, you know, that's very easy. I got into, um, I got into researching, um, and it, it, a lot of the stuff that you're a lot of, once you pass away, there's a lot of documents you can find. It's amazing. Um, so, but I thought that was interesting at the time where she was like, Oh, okay. That's, that's interesting. But she kind of was nervous about it. I could tell, I don't know why I didn't know why at the time. So about a year or so I worked on this and my husband had always, interestingly enough, um, had, kind of questioned uh, who his dad was he he knew who his who his dad was based on what my mom what his mom said but um he was estranged and he never never knew him so i thought it would be kind of funny like well why don't you you and i both take the test i'll take a dna test to you know confirm what my research and you take one just to make sure that your mom is right and she's not messing around with you and you know the the guy she's saying is your dad is actually your dad and so he agreed um, it was Christmas of 2018. And then, uh, we got our test results. Well, my husband got his test results and he actually failed his DNA test. Um, he, they, they did not have, he did not have enough DNA in the thing. So they said he had to retest or whatever. So I kind of laughed. I'm like, Oh, you failed your DNA test. <laughs> um, so then and I was kind of, I, I really didn't think anything of it. Um, like a lot of people say, like, I was just doing it for fun. Um, yeah, I was just to kind of confirm some of the research and I, but I happened to kind of notice that I was anxious to see the results. And I, I don't know why, but in January of 2019 is, um, I happened to check, I was a Sunday, we were watching football and, um, I checked my email and there was, um, you know, my results were in. So, and I remember this, like it was like it was like right now I can see the you know I can see the email in front of me and just clicking on that it was like I don't even know it was so weird and I went right to ancestry and looked it was almost like a checklist you know in my head that I was like okay well um based on my research I should be have this amount of this and this amount of that and I should um my dad's family was very German. My dad, or yeah, my dad was supposed to be half German, half Irish, and my mom's side was mostly German, was very German English, and just a mud of different things. But I knew what it should be, and so I had this like mental checklist. I went right to it, and I was looking at this, and I'm like, "That's interesting. That's interesting. I don't see. Um, I see a lot of German. I see a lot of." Um, so a lot of English and I see a huge chunk of Scandinavian. And I was like that I was not expecting, but I really like, uh, who knows? I had no idea what that could have been. So I looked at the matches and I could see my mom's family who had tested. And at this point I never in a million years thought anybody from my dad's side would have tested because they were just that type. They, I, I thought they would be too private to do it. They didn't want to, weren't really interested in that sort of thing based on especially me bringing it up. So my grandma and her laughing at me sort of, um, you know, I thought maybe 
I never in a million years thought that they had done it. So I wasn't expecting to see their names on any list. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could definitely tell my, you know, my mom's brother was there. My, my first cousin was there. And then um, there was actually uh, another uh, surprise, family surprise that we discovered at the same time that sort of distracted me from not seeing any familiar names on my dad's side. Um, so I was kind of dealing with that and, um, I discovered I had a cousin on my mom's side that we didn't know about too. So, um, that was, that was a shock. Um, so I was dealing with that and then casually mentioned to a cousin that I was particularly close to on my dad's side said, Hey, did anybody else in the, you know, I did this, you know, test and, um, do you know if anybody else did it, you know, anybody in the family had done it? And she said, oh, yeah. She's like, I think um, so-and-so or, you know, our cousin so-and-so had done it. And I think uncle so-and-so did the did a test and did a test with grandma. And I thought, oh, my gosh, okay. So we had, there's a lot of texting, a lot of um, messaging, waiting, and uh, trying to figure out who tested with what. and. Um, and then that was when I kind of had the sinking gut feeling like something wasn't right. And I was like, and I, I can't, I can't say that I knew at that moment that my dad was not my dad, but it, it seriously at that point was when I thought that was the first time that I actually thought that this could be a possibility. And, um, I was not surprised I couldn't say I was surprised, but I was not expecting it either, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so they confirmed that through these texts, I found out that both my grandma, my couple of my cousins, all had been tested on Ancestry. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, talking to my cousin, I said, I'm not seeing any of these people. And the closest match I have is somebody um, I reached out to right away, and she was adopted. And she was like a second cousin, even. It was very Scandinavian. I could tell the Scandinavian was on the father's side. Um, and my dad, again, was dark hair. There's no Scandinavian on my dad's side at all. They're all German-Irish. I had no Irish at all. None. And it, it was like, um, I feel like time stopped. And I just, and everyone thought I was crazy. I just cannot, could not believe and I didn't confide in too many people. You know, I, I told my husband, I told my kids, you know, the, the ones that were older, old enough to understand a little bit, my best friend, um, even my cousins that I asked about it. I only had, to, I just had to find out who had tested. So I didn't really tell anybody right away, but everybody's like, well, what does it matter? Your dad is your dad. doesn't matter what any, these DNA tests are not reliable. They're, you know, I'm like, well, how, why is it? I can see my mom's side perfectly but I can't see my dad's side. You know, I can, I I see my uncle, I see my cousin, but on the other side, I don't know any of these people. I don't know any of these names. How is it right for one side of my family and not the other? Come on. You know? So I I was just astonished at how everybody, everybody was like so passive about it. Like I was Mm -hmm. crazy to be upset about it. And I, I like, this is crazy. My dad, it's possible. Like my dad is not my dad or was he adopted? I had no idea. 
I had no idea. So immediately I started I'm trying to scramble my brain. I immediately started this like investigation. <laughs> I feel like, like and I immediately I remember going into my basement and pulling out, you know, totes of like in, old paperwork from my, my parents are long gone. I don't have anybody else to ask about this. Um, the only person around that was still alive that might know something was my dad's mom. And I, she was like, I don't know, 95 at the time, you know, I'm not going to ask her, Hey, you know, do you know anything about this? You know, it just wasn't, it wasn't right. So I immediately started this investigation and, um, I, I really, I, I feel like uh, my life is split up in like three sections. Um, I feel like I was a different person, one person growing up, and then up until my dad dying when I was 16. And then from 16, um, when I became a parent at 19, um, and up until my mom dying in 2013, or I'm sorry, 20, 2007, I should say. I don't know why I got that all mixed up. 2013 is when my grandma died. So, and then I feel like I was different people after each one of these events mm-hmm. until I found out that very day, I was like, I will never be the same ever again. I just felt so like everybody says I had this like identity crisis. I'm like, who, I have no idea who I am. I have no idea who I belong to. Do I have, do I have a dad out there? Do I have siblings? And I would never know. I'm like, and nobody knew anything. You know, I, Nobody seemed to know anything. So I just knew that things will never be the same again. And I, I knew that I, like, no matter what I found out, that everything made sense. I just, just by knowing that I was not my father's daughter, it made sense for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I never felt out of, de- out of place. You know, my, both my parents, my mom used to say my, you know, my dad wasn't a black sheep of his family and she was kind of the black sheep of her family. So I felt out of place because I was an only child sometimes. Um, and then after my dad died, my mom kind of, she, when we would get together with my dad's family, she would feel, you could pick up on the fact that she was feeling, I don't know if insecure is the right word, but she was unsure of herself around them. And, um, I, enough so that I was, I remember talking to my cousins about it and them asking me, you know, why, you know, why is your mom like, you know, acting like, you know, like that. And I said, she shouldn't feel that way because just because my dad died doesn't mean, you know, we're not still part of the family, but she, she did feel we, everyone kind of picked up on her feeling awkward, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think about that until that moment you know, sitting there in my house, this DNA test in front of me, and these, you know, the proof that, you know, all these things were making sense. It was just so weird. Um, it, when the day, and then my, when my dad died, it was ironic. Somebody had, he had told my mom at some point to make sure that when he died, um, if, if and when it should ever happen unexpectedly, um, and even so, you know, obviously he was telling her ahead of time, but that made sure that my stone says you can't always get what you want on it because that is my, you know, in not so many words, that's my mantra. That's my, he always, and he used to like to play that song for me all the time when I was little because I was a spoiled only child, right? So he used to like to play that for me. But so um, I was thinking back at that, you know, my mom, 
she had that engraved on this on a stone. And then when my mom died, I got a bigger stone. You know, it doesn't roll or anything, but um, she said, I want that on my stone too. So I just got, you know, on a bigger stone with both their names on it. And it says, you can't always get what you want, but it totally made sense to me. Like I, at that, even then, before I even started this huge investigation as to who my dad was, my biological dad was, I, everything kind of felt, even though it felt off, it felt like everything was falling into place. And it's, it's just the weirdest thing to say and to feel. Um, so I just, I was going through old stuff. I found, um, I found some paperwork of my dad's that, uh, it looked like uh, a funeral had been planned, uh, a year before he had actually passed. So, um, I, I assumed that he knew he was sick and had planned it with somebody. I don't know if it was my mom. I don't know if it was my uncles. I don't know who it was. So I was at the very, you know, this is the same week that I'm scrambling for information. I'm discovering, okay, my dad might've known he was sick. Did he do it on purpose? Did he plan all this? I don't know. And then I came across his baby book and I'm going through his baby book and uh, old pictures, you know, that my mom had from before she was with my dad, you know, old boyfriends. I'm like, was, is this somebody like I'm thinking about her talking about when she, when I found out I was pregnant at 19, her telling me about this other child. Was she talking about me or was she talking about another child? And uh, I, I sounded like she was talking about me. Like she just didn't come out and say that it was me and I might've reacted poorly. And that's a very possible thing as she just, it was a very emotional, obviously when you're pregnant, you're more emotional, but um, was she trying to tell me then? And I just was kind of a jerk about it. I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll never know. So, uh, so I uncover this new mystery that I, I feel like my dad may have known that he was sick and may have even planned his suicide. I don't know. I hate to even say it out loud because it sounds awful, but he certainly knew that he was sick. And um, so that was uncovered about the same time. And uh, going through his baby book, I was reading, um, He, when he was young, he had had, uh, I can't actually remember if it was measles or mumps, but uh he had whatever it was twice, I think measles twice within two years when he was really young. And, um, they did, it it was noted graphically in his baby book where it affected on him. And I talked to my, um, you know, I talked to my doctor and she's like, yeah, it's, it's possible your dad was just infertile. Oh yeah. I've heard that from mumps. And I had never heard that before. So, That could possibly, so then I, I thought, well, maybe my grandma knew, maybe my, both my grandparents knew this whole time that my dad could not possibly have kids. And not only that, my dad probably knew. Um, so I think he knew that he couldn't have kids or it was unlikely. Um, and he didn't even tell my mom, I don't think. So when she ended up pregnant, um, you know, he did the right thing and, um, I was what he needed. Um, I was what she needed, I guess. I don't know. They, they both straightened each other out. So I think maybe that 
has something to do with it. And she went to all those medical doctor, you know, did all that testing to see if there was something wrong, why she wasn't getting pregnant when I was younger. Um, he refused to be tested. So I've reached out to his, um, I actually got reconnected with his old best friend, my dad's old best friend, which has been great. Cause even since this is still like the first week that I found out, um, and talking to his his old best friend and uh, who knew him back then very very well, and he said that certainly that my uh, first he said yeah certainly my dad he was not surprised actually uh, that the DNA test came out the way it was and he said you know your dad did not um, he didn't party like he was worried about the repercussions of his actions <laughs> was the way he put it. Um, and then he said, oh, crap, I'm not your dad, am I? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Are you my dad? <laughs> like, I have no idea. I didn't even suspect him up until then. Mm-hmm. And then so he's like, I'm like, is that a possibility? He's like, oh, he started backtracking it really quick. And he's like, oh, I, I met your mom at the wedding. I have no idea. Um, I was like, well, I don't know. You were the one that said it, you know? So I sent him out a DNA test <laughs> and, um, he took the, he, uh, took the test and it was, uh, we did not match, but he has enough skin. And he, he actually, his last name is actually a name that was kind of showing up in some of my lists or some of my, I started working on the mapping the DNA matches. Mm-hmm. And so his, he did have a, a last name that kind of lined up with there. So for a good, I don't know, three, four weeks, I thought maybe he was actually my biological father, but mm-hmm. it wasn't him. Um, so I talked to my mom's best friend at the time and I was sat at the cemetery talking to her about my test and um, crying and crying and crying. I cried for like a year straight, I think. Um, you're we talking um, about all these times. And she said, you know, I, I did have a conversation once with your mom, you know, it was her best friend, my mom's best friend, this lady I was talking to. Um, she ended up having a daughter the same day I was born. And she said, we were going about to, you know, have you guys and, she was kind of confiding in her and said, you know, when I met Ann, Ann's dad, I was partying around and um, and her friend had already, she had already been married and settled down. So they were not in the same circles at the time. And she said, your mom did say, it, it was weird. It was, almost seemed like a confession, she said, like she had uh, seen multiple people at the time that she met your dad. So I thought, okay, she had, who knows, who knows? And my family I talked to my mom's brothers. They had no idea. They, they, I mean, if anybody knew anything, nobody said anything other than my mom's best friend and my dad's best friend said that that was a possibility. Uh, the girl I grew up with that we lived in the same house that she's cousins with my uh, husband. She, I talked to her mom. And she mentioned that, you know, they would kind of party with my parents sometimes. And she said that uh, she did kind of bring it up once that, that it was a possibility. And uh, she had no idea that it was actually true. And then she had no idea what there was actually a name brought up, but she didn't know what that was or couldn't remember. So, mm-hmm. um, so basically um, I, for, it was, that was, 
beginning of 2019. Um, my second oldest, my daughter was a senior in high school. She was graduating and going away to college. So I did my very best. You know, I had no leads. Um, I had no idea. I did my very best to just suck it up. And um, even though I was in emotional, like, turmoil, like, I I quickly recognized that I was in, in this grief mode. Um, and just, I sucked it up the whole rest of the year. And uh, I was doing research. I was obsessed with it. I was mapping DNA stuff. I was, you know, reading reading about this stuff and um organs and mapping matches that I did have. I had nothing. I really had nothing to go on. And I did reach out to, uh, it wasn't until about a year later that I started like really getting desperate. Like I have got to figure this out. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose. I, I have to figure this out. So it was a whole year later. And I think that was like when I first discovered your podcast and started listening to other people's stories. And I actually wasn't crazy. And I was the things that I was feeling and experiencing were totally normal. And I felt validated and I felt like empowered to kind of restart my search, you know, a little bit more focused. And um, so, and I, I swear, I think I even wrote this to you in the first email that I sent to you is that I figured out more in a week than I did in a whole year after listening to like maybe two months of your, the first of your podcasts, mm-hmm. um, just by hearing what other people did and what resources they, you know, just other people's story is that, yeah. Hey, this is an actual thing that's happening. And, um, here's other possible, you know, ways to get your answers, I guess, yeah. if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So, um, and there was, I got a little bit of good luck too. I had, I did test with, um, you know, 23andMe. I tested with, um, I uploaded my data to all the other sites then. Still was asking around. And um, at this point, I was actually starting to feel guilty that I, I, I accepted this as a reality because my, my, it sounds terrible, but my, you know, as awesome as my dad's family was, I was actually feeling those that did know, I actually felt like they, uh, and this is perceived, but it felt like, um, I, I felt like I was doing him, a, his memory a disservice by suggesting that this was even a possibility kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, maybe he was adopted and, um, I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm completely wrong about my theory. And so I just, I, my mind was all over the place. So I had to figure it out. I had to, I was going to lose my mind. Um, so I, this, going back to my spark of good luck, I had, uh, somebody I had matched with on 23andMe. Um, I, I had never really had much luck on 23andMe. I, the closest match I had was like a third cousin, I think. Um, and I had no idea these names, how they fit into the big picture. And she had actually, this person had uploaded their information to a different site. It was um, My Heritage, I think. So she appeared and actually had a different username. So I, you know, I had kind of turned into kind of a sleuth at this point, <laughs> like, you know, Facebook stalking people and families. Mm-hmm. And um, so I looked up, I uh, did a Google search for her username and found her as a person, like who it was. Uh, 
And I just, I, I remember like ending one of your podcasts and like, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to send the email that I need to send. She's the closest match I have that is not adopted. I'm like, if I can get an answer, this is, it's from her. So I sent her a message and wouldn't you know it, she sent me back. She's like, yeah, I, you know, we ended up going back and forth talking and she was very helpful. She talked to her mom who would be a closer match to me. Right. So, um, she, I, I, I told her at least the branch of the family that I had kind of, you know, narrowed down at least. And they, um, I don't exactly remember like how it happened, but they basically helped me figure out which branch of the family I was, you know, part of. So, and they actually remembered her, her, this DNA match, her mother, uh, was, um, the, the match was about my age or so. Her mother was, uh, kind of the baby boomer age, like my, like my parents and had remembered spending time with them as a kid, um, and knew their first names and, um, gave me kind of a short list of people. And so I looked them up on Facebook and they were actually names I had seen before. And I remember seeing them on Facebook. Um, and one of my, over the, that year that I was kind of researching and I, I came across these, this family and I thought, you know, I took a mental note that I'm like, if somehow, if uh, we're not related somehow, <laughs> I'll be really surprised. Because mm. I could just see the resemblance. Um, and I never realized that I didn't look like my dad's family until I saw these people. Mm-hmm. And um, so she said, okay, well, you know, here's the information. And I thanked her and I said, thank you so much. Um, and we stayed in contact. So I reached out to um, the first uh, possible relative. He was about the right age. And just from what I could tell on Facebook, he, uh, I knew he was part of the the family based on what this other match had said. You know, I started, I sent him a message up on Facebook and I said, here's my situation. Um, and to my surprise, he sent me back a message saying, oh yeah, I remember your parents. I remember, um, uh, your mom was friends with, um, my dad's second wife and, um, they used to party together. And then I brought up the street that my mom lived on, the the one that my dad drove up and down looking for her car. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, actually, they lived on that street, too. And I said, oh, my gosh. Like, I actually feel like I've got somewhere. And uh, he said, and you know what? I've actually done a DNA test, too, but it's on family tree DNA. And it was the only site that I had not uploaded all my DNA to. Mm. And I said, okay, all right, I will, I'm going to download my, you know, file and I'll upload it to this website where yours is. I was just shocked to have, to have gotten that far. And um, I said, it it says it's going to take three or four days. We'll get back in touch with whatever it says. And I, my kids and I, we went out for dinner and I came back and I got a notification that the, the results were ready already. It was only three hours. And I, so I quickly upload, you know, turned on my computer and um, there it was. And it said, uh, a, a Matt, it was either a, bro, a half brother or uncle. And we shared like 1700 
son of Morgan's. And I thought, oh my gosh, you're my uncle. <laughs> you're my uncle or my half brother, you know? And he is, he was, um, I want to say he's in his fifties or sixties. So we figured out that he has to be like my uncle. I mean, by age, you can't always tell, but we suspect. And he said, well, it's possible it could have been, you know, we could be siblings because my, if I remember correctly, your mom partied with both um, my brother and my dad. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. And she was friends with his, what ended up being his dad's second wife, who was quite a bit younger than him, obviously. And they had gone to high school together. This woman that ended up being his stepmother um, was a little bit older than my mom, but they were still really good. I guess they were friends. I never, I didn't even know who she was. She never mentioned her, Um, but they could have just been neighbors or something, but they used to all hang out and party. And he's like, I remember your dad too. And I remember this specifically because they picked me up. My brother and my dad picked me up from when I was released from the military. And that's just a day I'll never forget. You know, I was, I had to, they had the sign to pick me up and he looked up the paperwork and said, there's their names. Um, so it's possible you're my sister. You know, why don't you contact my brother? You know, it's his, here's his name and um, see if he'll do a test for you. So I contacted him on Facebook and immediately said, Oh, welcome to the family. You know, you must be our sister, you know, and uh, are you single or like, we can't be related, but are you single? That was the, actually before he realized that we actually had DNA proof. He's like, Oh, are you single? <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I said, no, I actually have proof that, you know, that your brother and I are related. So if you and your brother are related, we are related. <laughs> and even then I'm very happily married, you know, um, but he was actually very sweet. I, I almost think it was kind of joking, but mm. I don't know him that well. So, um, he said, okay. Um, he told me a little bit about, he said, I don't remember your parents. Uh, it was a, a crazy time in my life. I don't remember much. Um, but sure, I'll take a test for you, whatever you need. So I said, okay. So, um, I sent him off a test and, Waited and waited and waited. He told me when he we stayed in contact uh, with both brothers, actually, um, while we were waiting for the results. And the more research I did on this family, now that I had at least a solid lead, the more I really thought that I was like that the original match was he is an uncle. And that the one who asked me if I was single was probably my biological father. <laughs> Whether he was joking or not, I had no idea because I didn't know these people. I, I was just—I just needed closure at this point. I didn't care who it was at this point. I just needed some information. And ironically, around the same time, I—you know—I was since I turned forty and kind of had a weird freak out. Like I was trying to figure out who I was as a person and going to therapy and stuff. I had stopped therapy. I started therapy back up and talking to. I had a really good relationship with my regular doctor and she was kind of following what was going on with me because uh, she was curious about my DNA test because of medical reasons. Since my dad, my birth certificate father had had cancer, right? 
So, and he died at 48 and was already at a point I was 40. And so we were concerned about the types of cancer and the size of it. So I was going to bring her um, the toxicology or the the autopsy report. So she knew Mm. exactly what we were working with. So at this point, it was a whole nother ball game. Now I just needed to know my medical history. Um, so I knew, I already knew that a heart problem, my, both my mom and my grandma died of heart issues. I just had no idea what else I had in store for me. You know, um, my dad's dad also was diagnosed with cancer very early that he actually ended up beating. Um, and my dad's mom, she actually lived to be a hundred. So I, I have no idea which, you know, what I have to deal with. So I reached out to her, my doctor, and she said, well, regardless of what's going on, you know, find out your medical history, you know, and start from there, which I already kind of was on that. Um, I just wanted to know that, but I'm I'm not kidding you. This is March of last year, 2020. Mm. By the time I sent a test to somebody I thought was my biological father. And well, mine is my dad's best friend that, you know, and his sly comment, well, I'm not your dad, am I? I don't know, are you? You know, so this is the first time I actually had serious a serious lead. So March, and it was actually happened to be my parents' anniversary, too, is when I sent out that test. And then the whole world shut down. So we all went, I, I was home from work, um, and it was actually the day that I got my results was my last day in the office. Since then, actually, um, I've been in the office since then, but like, you know, I've worked from home primarily now since then. But so I woke up uh, and immediately had a notification and it said, um, it's a a father-child match. So I texted this person and I said, it's a girl, (laughs) you know, congratulations. He said, wow, I thought we were, you were going to be my sister. I, I'm i sorry, I don't remember, still don't remember your parents, but, you know, I'll be your dad. And, um, yeah, I, so I, it was, it was just very surreal seeing that, like, on my phone, just, you know, pulled it up and there it was, parent-child match. And um, so he, just a little, so this person actually lives uh, in Chicago. So um, obviously close to me. Um, He's obviously alive and never had children, never got married. Actually very sweet. And knowing him now, he was very, um, he was probably joking, but at the time it freaked me out about the whole, are you single thing? Mm -hmm. Um, He has a very weird sense of humor. And uh, so I immediately went to his Facebook page again that I didn't really pay much attention to just to kind of backtrack a little bit. Um, when I was growing up, yeah, I told you that my dad, my birth certificate father, my dad, uh, we spent a lot of time watching football together. The bears, obviously they were huge in the mid eighties and I was obsessed with the Super Bowl shuffle and all that. Um, when my mom died, my dad always said, uh, do what makes you happy in life. And he had all these you know, things he said, and make sure if you want your bear season tickets, you know, I was a huge bear fan, do it at a, you know, get yourself on the list so that when you get older and you actually get 
your name actually gets called, you'll be able to afford it. Mm. Um, so when my mom died, I said, okay, life is way too short. I put myself on that list immediately then. So this was like, I don't know, almost 10 years after, after that. Um, I, you know, forwarding back to me, looking at this page of my biological father. Uh, and I've always had this passion for, you know, uh, baseball, football, and all of my kids, including myself, we've all been involved. We all love music in some sort of dance, um, band, marching band, all this stuff. And um, I look on his Facebook page and it says, a hard worker with a passion for music and sports. And I'm like, oh, that's me. That's <laughs> ironic. Um, and at that point, I was like, oh, my gosh. And it just like all of a sudden it dawned on me that I had, I was looking at pictures of his family and he was sharing information and medical information. And I was looking at, he was, they were sending me pictures of the family and um, their other sister and their other brothers and um, people. I actually, I didn't realize I didn't look like my dad's family until I saw these pictures. I'm like, oh my gosh. I actually don't look that much like my mom. I look more like them, like my biological father's side. It was really weird. And uh, just to hear about people's professions and that I was actually biologically related to and how the whole nature versus nurture thing has fascinated me with this. It is what it is. So I figured out who he is. I've gotten in touch with him. I've talked to him. um, And we've... uh, created a weird, odd relationship. And uh, we keep in touch a little bit. Um, I'm having more of a a harder time than he is, but it's just the timing of everything is weird. And uh, who my parents were as a person. And the fact that my dad knew, I'm almost 100% certain that my dad knew that I was not his. And he loves me anyway. He loved me so well, I never knew the difference. You know? And my dad's family loved me so well that I never knew the difference. And it's been really hard, really, really hard. Um, Pulling it all together and uh, wrapping my head around this. And it really has just been, I never thought I lost anything. I have just, just like adding a child to my family. I feel like I've just added another branch, you know, my heart just grew bigger and I just had more people to get to know and, um, so I guess with that, I mean, that, it, that is the story, I guess. And I have pictures here. You've met your bio dad and you said it was strange and awkward, but yeah. you are. <laughs> well, about a month after we got that test. Yeah. So, and everything was shut down and I said, I don't know how long this is going to be. And so I, we made a boot, we made a, it was the end of April, I think of last year. And uh, he was in a bad way. He had just broken his leg or something. And so I brought him a bunch of movies and um, we just, we tried to stay as distant as we could, but we got together for that one picture. And um, I wasn't sure when we'd see him again, you know, and it wasn't really until everyone was vaccinated a year later that we really spent any more time together. So, uh, and that's Mm. been weird, you know, so after all that time, then you know, we, you know, we wanted to be respectful of each other's health decisions and 
that kind of thing. But it's been it's been interesting kind of getting to know this new family. And um, I've had a really hard time, though, um, trying to negotiate it with my, you know, my my, my birth certificate father's family, you know, that I'm still very close to. How do they feel about this? Um, we don't really talk about it. They know I know. I know they know. And it's almost like it never happened. <laughs> yep. And Same I, my family, <laughs> I don't know. I, my, like my grandma just passed away. My dad's mom, she was lived to be a hundred years old and we all just got together and it, 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 it was one of the hardest things I've had to do was have to pretend like I'm okay. And, you know, actually face these people I thought I was related to all these years. You know, I, I had to grieve that family. I honest to God, I grieved being a part of that family. Nothing changed. I'm still part of the family, but it does change everything. It had, you know, not being biologically related to somebody does change everything. Yes. And I think they're realizing that too. So, but nobody talks about it. And I (laughs) like my, even my kids get tired of hearing about it sometimes, you know, and I try to keep it open. I don't like to be a big secret, but, um, you know, but it, it affects every day I think about it. Every single day I think about this. I know. I, and I get it. I mean, I'm an NPE. So me listening to you, I'm just nodding along this whole time. I, but other people, like the normal people, they don't, I don't know how much they can listen. You, you just yeah. have to understand that they are, they're not going to understand nope. unless you go through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne, thank you for sharing your story today. I'm sorry to wrap this up. Um, but I'm going to ask, let's see, you're okay with people contacting you, right? Sure. Okay. So if people want to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Um, just you can shoot me an email. All right. Give me that and I'll put it in the notes. It is N-P-E, Anne, N-N-E, K-A-T-E. So N-P-E and Kate at gmail.com. Got it. That's a good, that's a really good email address. <laughs> uh, N-P-E-A-N-Kate at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And thank you. I'm, you know, we've been talking for a couple of years correspondence wise, and I never got to hear your full story. And I, I really just appreciate it. There was, um, I had some tears when you're talking about the terrible tragedy losing your your dad and then your mom Mm -hmm. and thank you for talking about all of that today that's hard stuff oh and i did get my bear season tickets too (laughs) you're a bear season ticket holder that's so so it came i did get it yeah i did i got it like maybe three years ago but i just wanted to make sure i got that in there so that is go bears. That is amazing. <laughs> How about your okay? One final thing. How about your birth yeah. father? Is he he a is a Vikings fan. He was born in he was born in Chicago, but raised in Minnesota. So he is a Vikings fan. That's my people. I'm as long as he's not a Packer fan, so right. <laughs> Funny. Okay. Anyway, man, thank you so much for sharing all this today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for all you do. These stories are here for us to identify with. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, email npestories at gmail.com. You do not have to give any identifying information. 
If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, I'd like to hear from you. Subscribe to this podcast to hear more. Come heal with us.